This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Love your hair, hope you win. My name's Keen, and welcome along to Sissy That Pod. James is not available this evening to record, so it's just me and our gorgeous guest, X Anthony, who is a cabaret, theatre, superstar. If any of you came along to Clankity Clank on the Sunday, the show we put on at the Fringe, you got to see him there performing as Oliver Cromwell, which is kind of uh, a sort of character he's exploring at the moment because he put on a friend show himself. Oliver Cromwell is really very sorry. Uh, I went along to see it. It was really, really good. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be on again anywhere soon, but uh, keep an eye out for it. Him and I have a really fun chat about the fourth episode of Drag Race UK season four. X Anthony actually knows a lot of the drag queens in this show and of the past, so it was fun to get some sort of behind the scenes <laughs> gossip on them. So, yeah, just a really, really fun episode. While you're here, if you're not doing so already, follow us over at Instagram at sissy.pod. We'd love a review. If, you, if, if that's of your persuasion on any of the podcast apps, I think Spotify do them now. So, if five stars works for you, it works for us too. We'd love that. And other than that, we're going to be creating some more bonus content soon. So if you are interested, you can always support the show over headstuffpodcasts.com. Okay, enough from me. Let's welcome to the podcast, X Anthony. Silicon Republic is a great place to read about science and technology from writers like us. And now you can hear what we really think on For Tech Sake, a co-production from Silicon Republic and the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm Elaine Burke. And I'm Jenny Darmody. And together we've been writing about tech for a long time. We've never fallen into the trap of being tech evangelists, but we don't necessarily want to demonise tech with scaremongering clickbait either. Now we mostly take a side-eye view of tech and definitely throw a bit of shade when it's deserved. So if you want to hear us take a look under the hood of both emerging and everyday tech to examine the good parts, the bad parts and everything in between, check out For Tech's Sake on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Tune in and your new robot overlords will thank you for it. Ex-Anthony, thank you for joining me. Hello. Hello. How... Hello. <laughs> How are you finding Drag Race UK season four? I'm going to be really honest. I've only watched one episode. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> the one you told me to watch. But also, um, I know my my flatmate was Just May. So one of Just May's dreams was always to get onto Drag Race and always leave first. So I kind of felt like episode one was like pointless because I, I knew what was going to yeah. come. And episode two and three, I don't know. I'm not like... I'm kind of at a point, and I hope we can discuss this today. I'm at a point of like my level. It's like when you see 30 theater shows in a row, I'm a bit like, which country are we in now? Are we in UK? Or are we, is, is there a Belgian drag race? Like, I can't keep up. Yeah, there is definitely, you know, a saturation point. And I took some time off during the summer because I was on holidays and I didn't watch any of them. And now I'm getting back around to watching some of the international franchises and just kind of binging through them. And it's like been ages since I've actually been just through a season because I watch it week to week for the, for this podcast. And I mm. forgot the joy of that, of like not having to wait around and just like, right, let's see who's going home next week. And it's a totally different way of viewing it. Totally. Do you remember when we were younger, like when they first kind of hit for us, maybe 2011, mm. 12, maybe 11, 10, 11, when it was, well, for me, it was really like a thing to discover. And like you'd be binging seasons one to four, you know, and you'd just be like, gooped, gagged and betruffled. I don't know if that's, is that a, is that a drag race? Betruffled. Have you heard that before? The, the, the betruffled is new I've to made me. This <laughs> yeah, I have made this new term up called gooped, gagged, and betruffled. Okay, gooped and gagged, absolutely. Like, yeah, but betruffled. <laughs> that's the magic and of the that, moment. That's in is the that fan- to be mixed with truffles, do you think? Pigs and truffle. <laughs> truffle. <laughs> betruffle. So, like, me and my producer always say, like, when we're excited about something, girl, I was goop, gagged, and betruffled, as in, like, amazed, shocked, appalled. No, I got the context, don't worry. <laughs> it was, you, oh, yeah, you're, you're a gay you person. You could have said you anything, and yeah. I would have got it. <laughs> Very good. But Hello, I, lo- man. I love the uh, the theatre enunciation of, today I was gooped, gagged, and betruffled, <laughs> rather than, like, in a real strong accent on Drag Race. <laughs> so, this is your, so this episode oh, yeah. is your first time meeting the cast at large uh, so interesting perspective to come into it who stood out for you then in this episode on, the, on their own who you didn't know already so i need to disclaim here uh two 
one person on the group I've slept with, <laughs> um, another person that I've probably fallen out with um, because I thought their live work was poor, <laughs> and another person was my flatmate, and then maybe someone else. Is that it? <laughs> okay. Well, let, first let's let, let's. There's a lot to digest there. First of all, let's go back to yeah, just me. Um, so you, we think you think it was it was all it was a stunt. No, I mean, I, I, I haven't watched it, but my boyfriend said that it, it was clearly the right answer in the situation that that person would have been kicked off first. Just May is an amazing perform, an amazing uh, drag queen. Like, I have lived with them from being, like, starting out as this Jerry Well impersonator to, like, growing and growing and growing as a, as a drag artist. And, like, they are special. Like, they recently hosted a... I do an ABBA show sometimes in London, outside ABBA Voyage, not anymore, but... Like they hosted a few times, and I was like, "This is the drag queen of the people." Mm. You know, people love Just May, but I'm not sure how they translated on screen. I haven't seen, so I can't say. But um, the memo was sent that it didn't go that well. But I don't know. What did you experience? Yeah, like I think because the first, like it was a looks challenge, and you know, someone going home in the first week because of of questionable looks is one thing, but like. Drag queens are so much more than the, the the costumes that they wear and the character. You know, I could, I, I really, I don't think it has diminished her, her brand. She just right. probably didn't get as long as a chance to showcase that brand. Mm-hmm. And I like got the impression from her that she would be a great person to see, like host a show. Totally, and she is, she's fantastic. It's funny as well because it is like it's an it's, a, it's an American capitalist machine you know and mm-hmm. like for a lot of uk such irish artists to, to go on it you have to accept a level of intrusiveness and acceptance that it's a part of a machine and while these and, and these people are insanely talented like it, there's no doubt about that there is insane talent in there but you're applying your talent to a to a capitalist thing so it can be very hard for some people that are like actually just artists you know but that's what's interesting about jenny beard who i recognize as someone who is quite left of field doing really, really well and being like properly a curveball in the in the thing. Um so that that's exciting to watch. One hundred percent because we've been fans of Danny Beard for ages and in you know, they do a lot with Victoria's Secret over here. And we we're always worried that like somebody who shines as bright and is as charismatic as Danny Beard would just be reduced to, you oh, know, thanks. bearded drag. You know, mm. that sort of way. And I, I'm delighted it hasn't been that at all. Um so yeah, I'm really happy to see, like, especially in this episode, Annie Bird shines so much. Definitely, and there's that curse, you know, that curse of like the the the, the crap, like the the outside curveball queen being the one, like your one from H and M, that got kicked yeah. off from Brighton. Joe like you know, Black. that person, I can't even remember their name, but like your one from H and M. Yeah, your one from H and M. She's an amazing talent, mm. and is will always be. No doubt. And I think, like, it's not... We very much supply success in terms of, like, RuPaul's framework. But, like, these people will continue to... Like, Just May's career is made now. They can probably buy a house in a few years. Fantastic. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what, at the 10%? Exactly. Surely, at that rate. Okay, so can I ask who the other two that you know are? We don't We don't need to go into who you Dombers, fall out with and who you... Dombers uh, and okay. LeFil. Okay. Yeah. I shan't say anything else. Yeah, I won't it's, say anything more. It's only knowing people and like knowing them personally and then seeing them on screen and like it is, I mean, I, I worked with Ginny Lemon as well and I've worked with all, I've worked with Crystal as well from years ago. Like we've all, I was always making this joke, like when will my RuPaul's Drag Race moment come? And I just realized, oh, I just had to write a fucking award-winning critically acclaimed musical, lol. Um, <laughs> have my moment. But um, it's funny seeing people's truth in reality and on screen and very very rarely is there any discrepancy in that truth like when Ginny walked off I was like to my friend I was like that's just Ginny having a having a good old angry day like that's not unusual (laughs) you know that's just them there's nothing new about that I wasn't I was a bit like oh Ginny being true to themselves yet again you know fantastic so it is funny to watch like LaFille being so joyful and Jamber is being so relaxed and joyful as well. Like there is, there's, it's like they're all, they all seem to be in their element. Mm. Well, Ginny Lemon's a classic example of a drag queen who I don't think RuPaul got, or like they weren't able to showcase the full range of them based on the constraints of their show. Totally. And you knew, you saw their, their light go out when they were like starting to put on boob, boobs and stuff. And you're like, Ginny Lemon, leave. I was angry at the time because I was like, you knew what you were getting into. 
but mm. also I, in hindsight with with my life and growth and like except and, and knowing them as well i was like that actually is i really respect them for that decision like i really yeah. and they made their career being saying no fuck off i'm tired yeah no I, like i was just devastated i wasn't going to be getting Ginny lemon every week she was my favorite straight from the get straight, straight from the jump and i could yeah. see when they were forcing her them into those fake boobs i was like this is not the trajectory she should no be this is not her moment so uh copper top eliminated is someone who you never knew because <laughs> <laughs> you never watched episode three um they yeah ended up there wasn't much of a much of a commentary i guess after she left um pick uh then they do a mini challenge called line of booty duty now was just yeah. could they not have used line of booty as line of booty used on something else because like it works know, perfectly like, well as a pun they don't need to add the duty part at the end no and like also where was the police gear you know yeah. why didn't what pinky kind of like police gear like a uh, sex party that's what i wanted um i honestly am switching off at these parts like i'm watching it and i'm like i'm not like you know there's moments where there's magic within the clowning and the mistakes i'm not finding mm. i didn't find that in that challenge i found it a bit like frantic and like slow-mo falling down and you know, it was it was a funny enough kind of passable enough challenge that didn't give yeah. me any insight into the people or the humor. Do you remember when Monet Exchange did her weird Irish accent years ago during like I was like, I've learned something about this person. They're gas, mm. you know, yeah. but not so much or who was it who brought a loaf of bread to was it was it like Chichi Devane or something? Was yes. that, was like, Where'd you I get, get that, that bread? loaf of bread? Yeah. yeah. Things like that are like what the mini challenge is, is, you know, magic at. And I really feel I'd say for the last five years, the mini challenge quality has been pretty bad, you know, but really then bad. I get annoyed when, when they've just skipped over them as well. So I'm not really sure how, how to manage it. But also maybe early in the day, it's hard to know because you don't like from what I've watched today is I'm not seeing anyone clearly really stand out. Like I, there's no one that I'm like amazed, gooped, gagged and betruffled. Like no one's like getting me going, you know, yeah. I'm a bit cold by the group, but also it's the early days. So you might, they all feel really... Like, and there was a comment today that Rue said, like, this isn't the school. There is a feeling that I'm getting from this is that they're all learning on the job, which happens. But, like, it feels like they're all kind of picking things up when they're there rather than having come in being really well crafted, apart from Danny Beard and a couple. Of, like, maybe I'm speaking too generally, but I do get this feeling that they're all very young. But I think that is the general trajectory of the franchise over the last few years. Like, you know, like season four, five, six, you felt... Like these are these are big deals, these queens across America, and like this is the best of the best. And as the season progresses, and they're adding a queen who has a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and has only done two live performances in their life, you're kind of like, well, this is now like a, a launch pad. It's like a, a finishing school more so than a creme de la creme. It's also like a BBC machine to find out the next funny gay person. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, no. And I was literally watching it. I was thinking, I was like, this is just a cookie factory. They're like putting them in and they're all amazing talents. But like someone will come out and they'll do a Bailey's advert. And then the other person will probably do like some sort of stint on a shitty reality TV show. And then that'll be it. You know what I mean? It's mad. It's a mad machine. Mad. <laughs> it is a mad machine. I do have more. I have higher hopes for some of this cast, though. Like I think there are some Black Pepper. I think it is such a star, and I think I'm really, really interested to see how they progress outside of this world. I mean, Cheddar Gorgeous is a drag legend already and doesn't need the show. And I'm so excited to seeing her in the same way as Janine Lemon, but I think she's more malleable to different things than Janine Lemon is. And, I, and it's really interesting to see her perspective on this show, which is kind of mm. like a drag performance in and of itself, really. Mm. Mm. Um, so, anyway, Pixie wins the stupid game of memory <laughs> involving different tools down uh, down hot men's trousers as she gets to assign the groups for the improv challenge so she chooses cheddar gorgeous and danny beard and sure wouldn't we all then she assigns dakota lafille and baby together and peppa john purse and sminty together and then they get assigned their different um scenarios i actually appreciated they kind of let us in there was a bit of behind baseball in terms of how these improv challenges work so they were they seem to have been given the overview of what the story so you know you're going to go on you're going to pretend your sister died of mysterious circumstances and it's going to turn out it was you the whole time and you get to add all the 
all the sort of details to it, which yeah. I thought was interesting because I was always not entirely sure because it definitely never felt like true improv. This 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 or usually any any improv challenges on the show. It felt more like they were like, oh, oh, this is an improv one, and, and yes thing, you know, like the and yes thing came up in the in the chat, and like they were all prepared for the for improv in a very kind of serious way, which was very interesting to see that they were kind of going in very prepared in that way. Like sometimes I feel like mm. they're just jumping in. Um, what I don't understand was why everyone just kept corpsing, <laughs> and no one was like commenting on it, like. It's gas if like a corpse if the audience are corpsing like uh like the drag queens watching but like everyone was just laughing at themselves they couldn't hold it in gas and I was like <laughs> having a great time what's going on and then and then yeah yeah it was weird I was like why wasn't that picked up on as a critique of like holding this the performance and really like like Danny Beard was so brilliant um yeah I just thought that was interesting yeah well, I guess we'll go through the individual. Uh scenarios now in, in a little bit but last time we were chatting was I was clankity clank we were doing a bit of improv ourselves and I was enjoying their like the, the sort of like semi-high level intellectual conversation about what does improv mean to you and it was like oh well it's like you know reacting to you know an idea and then it was just a lot of fluff really it was so strange mm-hmm. let's get up first team first team was the pixie cheddar and danny beard team they were doing Curiosity Killed Katrina. I thought Cheddar like, set the stage really well. The yodeling acrobats is just such a fun set of characters to get into. Danny Beard coming out as Mystic Mog. <laughs> Incredibly funny. Uh, this was clearly the best one, right? Oh, clearly. Like, the teeth thing was so funny because there was a moment of vulnerability in Danny's response because I think Danny might have felt like they had offended Alan mm. Carr. And I thought that Alan Carr... Yeah. Okay, just checking. Um, not Jimmy. Not Jimmy. Um, and like, and there was that, and I love seeing that when a performer shows a little bit of vulnerability, a little bit of shade in the not shade mm. throwing, table, like a little bit of like, oh god, sorry, and I'm in, you know. And I, I thought that was really endearing, actually, because they spit it out and then they got into it. Um, felt like the the first person, what's their name? Cheddar Gorgeous. Cheddar Gorgeous. Mm. Um was kind of, I think they thought they were being Emma Thompson and they were in like fucking sense and sensibility. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, girl, like you gotta talk, fill in the space, fill in the space. But then it gave Danny this like massive platform to just be gas. And then the um, the Pixie. gas yodely, oh my God, so funny. Yeah, that was really, yeah, really good. Team. I, what, one thing I loved was when Alan was like, I'm so sorry to hear uh, to Mystic Mog. <laughs> Don't be sorry. It's a great story. Just like turning that for afraid on its head. That was so funny. That was really good. That's something that Irish people would say. Don't yeah. be sorry. It's a great story. It's you know, story, it was yeah. very funny. Very, very funny. Very like insightful as well. And yeah, brilliant. They're they're very much on the radar, aren't they? They're really kind of like hmm, fascinating. Yeah, and the pixie. You know, I think basically took everything that they had set up for and just lent into it and did it to such a great degree with the yodeling and spinning around and and the look was like difficult to look at and as well oh, like the awful oh, but i feel like they're having this massive they're going through a massive process in this i feel like they're trying to love themselves and and i find it very funny that they're like it's just great that these people approve of me and i'm just sitting here in my bed watching it and i'm like oh like is this what it is for you that you need to like feel approval like Hmm. get a therapist you know yeah. like don't put yourself through like the the, the rigor of like an american machine to like get approval i just says it says a lot so i'm being quite academic today i'm not that's being a fine gas. we appreciate um, it we yeah. appreciate a moment of academia but like i was just a bit like girl release yourself from the from the strains of this system and like uh, and have have a bit of crack but i guess when you're so traumatized in whatever way about yourself and what you've gone through and they think this is a beacon of approval. I think that's a fatinating situation to be to watch. So the I setup the, in the first three episodes, which I guess you're you're missing, is that Pixie Polite is a drag sister to Tia Coffee and is a oh. former lover of Tia Coffee oh. and has like gone through this sort of process of like, I need to do Tia Coffee proud. I'm really like it was very mysterious last week, which was like, oh, our relationship ended on because I made a few mistakes. So it's kind of like I feel they've like they've come in with like all this burden on their shoulders that they've put on their 
seemingly themselves and they're mm. trying to shake it and trying to grow and, and flourish. Whereas from our point of view, knowing none of the backstory, we're just like, this is a super charismatic queen and we enjoy watching her on TV. But it is funny to observe that when, like I feel that too sometimes when I'm making work, like it does feel like a lot of pressure and you do feel responsible for your friends and family or those who are involved in the project. So I do relate to that and it's self-created. Mm. And the only way to really release yourself of it is remembering that no one's going to die. <laughs> and it's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think around about some death. That's basically being an artist. <laughs> so the next one was The Cat's Got Your Tongue with Dakota, LaFayle and Baby. And straight away, this was the, the I hated the sound of this one when I when they were talking to it. I was like, what a horrible idea that, you know, they've robbed each other's voices. I just felt, it was so constrained. There was really nowhere that they could go with it other than just play exactly what they were told to play. Despite that, I think Dakota and Baby did a fun job impersonating each other's voices. And uh, Dakota came across, like when she came, I did that deep voice. Very, very funny. And then... But then the laughing. Yeah. It takes you out. You're like, you're laughing at yourself, babes. Come on. Or at least get the camera to cut away. Give them, mm. the, give them some joy. And then, you know, I felt this situation was a mess. Like, it, it felt very, like, underprepared. And then LaFille's, like, one note doctor, which actually is a funny character in a kid show, I guess. Like, yeah. space continuum, blah, blah, blah. But it was just like, yeah, it just didn't really work as a group. It was very lacking in, like, a cohesive. They weren't playing ball. Mm. And I feel actually LaFell had the most difficult job because as the doctor, you have to be the straight character out of those two. If the other two have are basically impersonating each other's voices, you have to be the straight character. And for mm. the straight character to come out third is very difficult because you, the next person that comes out has to up the ante every single time. And you can't mm. up the ante when you're the straight person and you just basically have to re-summarize the situation. So I okay. kind of felt, sh- now maybe they got to decide what order they came out in. I don't know. But I felt she had a tough job to try and make it her own. Whereas I thought Baby, like, I know she got up and she sang her stupid song about, I don't know what it was, it was like, was a hairspray or titties or something like that. She got up and did a little song. I laughed at that song and then it, they just gave us the crickets. She has a songwriting degree, you know, that was, that was rubbish. Bad. People are so mean. I was like, let a girl fail. Yeah. You know, like not every songwriter has their, has a moment, mummy. You and know, also songwriters don't famously write songs on the spot on the and then submit them. <laughs> yeah. No, like it's, it's not a like bit of draft work going yeah. in there. It's like it doesn't mean you're like you. Hey, put a penny in, like make a song. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. People have a really weird perception of like other people's abilities, and they're like, "Oh, you're a songwriter. You're a singer." You know, they expect like Mariah Carey, but anyway. So the third scenario then was black pepper with john purrs and sminty they were doing the, the catfish scenario i appreciated that they all lent into native uh, accents like black pepper i thought was with with the with the jamaican patois was just instant comedy i enjoyed john purrs when we got a bit of northern irishisms from her sminty i guess was going for an essex kind of vibe but again she barely spoke so it was hard to know this, I think, had potential to be funnier than it was. It was so... I mean, at that point, I think I my eyes glazed over. I honestly can't even remember this bit. Like, <laughs> it, it was really funny. I'm trying, finding it hard to remember. Like, well. I was like, this, there's no hope here. This is like the bottom of the barrel. And it was like, it was almost like they'd never... They weren't playing at all. It was like no. a bad bingo show. I've done this, actually. Crystal and I used to have like a bingo show years ago. And like, parents Crystal, she's amazing. But, like, at the time, the girl couldn't do host. Like, she couldn't host. She'd give her the microphone, okay. and, like, there was, like, a charisma deficit in the room. Like, it was just insane. <laughs> and she won't mind me saying that. Um, okay. Very great person, but, like... We've had her on the show before, but I doubt she listens, so uh, you're well, good. I'll just text her and be like, stop, babes, I just bitched about you for an hour, lol. <laughs> yeah. I think she's amazing. And I, like, she will, she will say, agree with that, you know. So then Barb's and I had to always pick up the pieces, you know, and then that meant that we overcompensated. But it was a bit like that. It was like... It just they didn't have that charisma or that ease together to just like have a laugh with it, mm. where that Danny Beard held the first group, you know? Yeah. 
No, there was no. It wasn't playing at all. They were all just sort of kind of acting in their own. They were all acting to Alan. Actually, they weren't actually even interacting with each other. Mm. They were all just waiting for Alan to lead them to say the next thing. Yeah, and yeah, it was it was that. Um. Then we have there was a, a, lots of conversations about hair, um, which. <laughs> I mean, I, I understood everyone's point of view, but I just found it funny, which was like, <laughs> I don't know how many, and if I know that many people who in a room would have such strong and different opinions about their hair. <laughs> but I totally understand, especially from, uh, you know, black people and black people's hair has been such a such a important issue all the way back from slavery and everything and that. So I get the significance and I understand that it's a huge cultural part of their identity. And then LaFille, I thought, had an interesting viewpoint. And then, again, Cheddar with the baldness. They're all really interesting points on hair. But it was almost like someone had created this cabaret of conversation just about hair. And there just happened to be eight people in the room who knows so much about hair. It was very, it was very weird. It was like, it was so different to like the conversation with uh, Pixie Polite that felt very inward looking and sad and a bit like insightful into their, their psyche. Um, but the hair, like I have meningitis and my hair is not growing back. I'm like, oh, that's awful. Um, but why are we? Uh, I don't know. Like, go to Turkey. I don't know. Like, what? Where is this conversation going? And then I totally get the conversation around, uh, you know, hair for people of color. And I mean, that's like, but it felt. I don't know. It felt a bit like, is that where the conversation is now? Like hair? Is that all we got? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? You know, I was like, can we like, can we go back to like talking about coming out or something? You know, like, do you know what I mean? I, I did appreciate Cheddar. Like, again, you know, we're this is under the framework of hair to say if you start going bald by shaving your hair off, you're controlling your narrative. You're controlling how people view you. And I thought it was like, OK, that's an interesting way of phrasing that, because normally like I would have heard people were like, oh you know you know that like balding is shameful blah 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 but actually it's just like no you're you are recreating your own narrative and i was like yeah that's totally a, that's a and like, good perspective on it totally and like hair is such a it is no it is very uh you know we have all the friends who've like lost their hair either either or through like just balding and stuff and yeah especially in the gay community where it's all about like you know luscious locks and you know being youthful i can totally see why that why that was it was just very niche POV and I was like maybe that's where we are now post-gay queer society where we're like we don't talk about like coming out or what it's like to be queer we talk about our wallpaper and how hard it was to put that wallpaper up you know what I mean well I think we we had a bit of uh coming out in the last two episodes this was I guess a a bit of a change oh what a relief great but it did feel like there was a producer being like anyone else any hot takes on hair (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were like, oh, pubic hair? No, head hair, okay. Okay, so it took me a while, like, earlier on in the episode, Rue says, category is the main event, love your hair, hope you win. That, you know, legendary catchphrase from Hairspray. But it took me a while to actually realize that the cat, the actual theme was hair, and then I was like, "Oh, it's a pun on main event." Oh, was... <laughs> I mean, I do, I don't know. Do they need to hire some new people? <laughs> I I do think there's an interesting thought exercise into how like how gay culture is basically just dad jokes about dicks. I'm here for that. I love dad jokes, so you know. But that's what it is. It's just all bad puns, and like they start off fun, I think, and then they've run out of so many that were just down to things like the main event. I ne- no, I've just come I up with a new drag character, dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> so hot. Anyway, the as a theme, yeah, it's not exciting. Like I was not excited by this theme because I feel we've seen this before. Um, we have seen it before. And I think, like, I think of Jay Jolie's season five look with those little tufts of multicolored hair across the body. Mm-hmm. Um, a forebearer of the genre. Uh, so, yeah, we, we have seen it before. Yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say on that. First up, though, was Danny Beard in a black sort of leatherette dress with big red hair and 
a silver lead, which was a Divinity Campo joke, and then the sort of hair on the arms. It's very similar to what Danny has been given us kind of all season, sort of similar silhouette and uh, color. But yeah, I think it's consistently solid and i appreciated the big hair no i'm not mad at this this is just a, a hair arm and something from the charity shop yeah like it's it it's not a huge perspective it's not like a concept it's not a gimmick but i think she looks good like if she, you could she could show up to host a brunch in this yeah, but this is drag race, not brunch. Yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Cheddar Gorgeous uh, is next. She gives us the Cheshire Cat. I mean, incredibly detailed, I think, like, fur work and makeup yeah. in this. Inter- and I think, you know, Cheshire Cat, an amazing British reference. I may have wanted it to be slightly more cartoon than cat, personally. It was sort of veering into you know, the movie Cats to a certain degree. But in terms of costume, which is very impressive. It felt very movie Cats and the CGI was broken. But like, I loved this actually because I felt it was like wrong. Like all the colours were wrong. Yes. You know? But I loved that it was all a bit like it's the wrong side of the coin. It it wasn't like a a blue hydrangea cacophony of colour and sprightliness. It was like a, a, a kid's painting of a cat. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, I really enjoy pink and purple are clashing colors, but that is the Cheshire Cat. Yeah. Um, so fantastically made. It was yeah. The costuming I think was better than the 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 concept. Well, the concept was good. I don't know. So with the execution, I mean, you couldn't see her show up to this approach, for example. But no, uh, and I don't know how much of a story I told, but like, I appreciated the artistry that it contained. Yeah, Pixie totally. Polite gave us the birth of Venus with that auburn hair. The judges loved this. I didn't love this. Something about the waist down felt not ornate enough for me. It just doesn't scream hair. Yeah, true. And it's, I love the idea and I love the little flap. Yeah, but there should flap. be something underneath the flap. Yeah. Like, what's inside? Is there a black hole? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Is there a pearl? A, a, yeah. On a little bed of pubes. Yeah. That would tie hair Gas. Gas. And at the same time, we're talking like very talented, but it seemed cheap. Like, you know, like that little thin piece of 10 quid long chiffon that she'd bought from the chart from the shop that she was like, I only have enough. And I'm not, I know it's expensive to do the show and I'm not like critiquing people's income and stuff, but like, you know, that needs mm. to be much bigger, much grander, like need to be a train, you know, it needs to be a fantastic moment. It, sh- it could have been hair, you know, it could have been like, waves of like hair ribboning around into a trail you know that would have been amazing or it could have been her hair at the trail you know there's loads of ways you could do but that's going to cost a lot of money well she seemed to get a lot of points because her makeup looked great and her makeup did look great to be fair to her but at the it got to a certain point that she was kind of getting critiques on most improved rather than good yes yes 100 percent. vg ah she's grand uh, this week, anyway. And I, I, she had a really good Del Boy look in week one, but since then she hasn't... I don't know. I haven't loved what she's, what she's been given. Dakota, though, came up next and gave us that sort of curtain look with the with the tassels in her hair and the crimped hair. I mean, she always looks cute. I am not connected with her the same way a lot of the fans are connected with her. I like her. I'm not obsessed with her yet. The curtain look, we've seen it a few different times. We've seen curtain poles, yeah. we've seen billowing curtains, we've seen, you know, every sort of haberdashery going. This was cute. I don't, I'm not connecting with uh, her either. I don't really, I'm not getting much, like, other than she's placed as the first ever trans woman on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is an, is an unfair position for her to have to deal with because basically the light is on her as a representative and she must be good yes. and kind and gracious. <laughs> but like, you know, we want our, we want our trans ally, our trans fr- family and friends to be absolute bitches too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, I'm not really getting a, I'm not really getting much. I'm getting off the rack drag. Yeah. And, and I know we, 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 we've come, we've come across this uh before in terms of 
you know, trans women on the show in terms of the transformation that they go through into mm-hmm. like, is it transphobic to expect more of a transfer? Like, it's transphobic to say that she's not being drag enough because we expect more of a transformation from her out of drag and in drag, you know? And I mm-hmm. guess you know, there could be an element to that or what we expect when we see our men transform into, or non-binary people transform into these sort of more yeah. roles. It's similar to Phil, you know, Phil's non-binary and Phil gives very, you know, is, yeah, so they're a drag, they're a drag artist. Well, Phil was, I wouldn't know if Phil really would describe himself as a drag artist. They're always just a musician, but, you know, maybe okay. I could have that memo, but yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, no, it's, but then you look at people like Kylie, Sonique, Love, and there is a clear transformation. Oh, yeah. In yeah, drag. yeah. And yeah. sometimes Kerry Colby as well you know the, with other people and like Bosco and other, all these other trans women so yes the, I kind of feel it is a bit off the rack because it kind of doesn't necessarily feel too draggy for me it kind of just feels mm-hmm. more um, also with the with the trans artists it's like they're allowed to it doesn't they, it's the slippage there we can there doesn't have to be it can be what they want it to be mm-hmm. you know yeah, of course. so like, it's not that it's, I'm more critiquing the outfit. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. It feels ill-fitting as well. Uh, Baby was up next with her Grace Jones-inspired Cage of Dreadlocks. I I actually liked this. I know the judges said there wasn't a whole lot to it. And I know it ultimately sort of begins to fall later on when she's lip-syncing. But I thought it, it looked striking. It had like a, a shape that you'd remember she has you know fit privilege that she can kind of walk around with fade little lot and kind of get away with it is that a thing now fit privilege <laughs> well it, it, skinny privilege didn't feel quite right because Weird. she's more she's got like ripped but like she does a fit privilege this look i mean is great I'm, I'm actually glad that rupaul kind of critiqued it because i think there is a tendency for people to take a to take something that does mean a lot obviously braids and hair and being black but then also like the quality needs to be good too it can't just be a statement of intent rather than the quality of making it so mm. like for me it's a bit forgettable actually because we've it's not the most well-made thing out of the lot but i actually thought it was a great it was a great idea and i did appreciate yeah. it and I'm like oh i'm tickled by that oh it could have been better oh well well done next was lefil who i have to say this looked awful but i really appreciated the concept of dressing up as the hair stuck in a shower plug and the trying to make that fashion i appreciate and like maybe it wasn't supposed to look nice but like there was definitely one tuft of hair which was wee colored yellow i think it's quite beautiful it's quite art poppy you know gaga doing some promotional stuff on a weekend <laughs> and yeah i love the i love the taking off the the wig because they, they have this gorgeous hair you know yes they're they're just a beautiful person like stunning stunning lena um i like this i think that this is a really strong look actually i think it's it's a bit like a, an ncad art college project <laughs> but that's okay because it's still beautiful yeah exactly uh yeah like i was looking going I really love the concept, hate how it looks, but then I'm like, well, maybe it's okay that it looks bad because maybe it's supposed to look bad in terms of, like, visually, whatever, the colours yeah. and stuff like that. Black Peppa was next. Uh, she gave us the sort of braided conical bra and then, I don't know, like, the big disc on her head and also made from woven uh, braids. A true, like, sort of Nubian empress on the, on the stage. And I guess to your point earlier on, this is both speaking a message giving that sort of black pride and it's well executed oh it's stunning the bustier is slipping a little bit but i i, I forgive this is like like madonna's combra but like political i mean that actually was political too in its own sense because it was the hard and soft of like the femininity that she was creating and express herself but um this is like yeah this is this is brilliant it's perfect mm. yeah absolutely sminty then I well, this is this right. This was striking, but did it mm-hmm. give you moth? Did you look at that and go, "That's a moth"? Yeah, I got moth. Did you? I got like yeah. antelope. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> For me, it read very clearly as sort of like sexy caterpillar moth. Okay, right. Well, then maybe I just misinterpreted it because I thought she looked great. I think those like semi sheer white high stockings 
mm. work like she's worn them a few times i think they work really well for her uh like the the bodice looked great the hair was remarkable i just didn't get moth i mean i'd be terrified I, if the moths in my bedroom looks like that to be fair that's what they look like babes yeah <laughs> where are the wings though that's what i don't get well let's just say some yeah i know but i i don't know i i don't i i, I got moth uh, but also okay. but also doesn't she look beautiful she looks beautiful she looks stunning knowing what happens then it's interesting because i i was getting vibes that this one was like the one i felt like this was the next crystal versace versace well i think you're dead right there and i think it's been so clear from the start that she's really sort of doing drag in the in, in a very similar style to crystal versace and i was wondering whether like christopher versace she'd kind of get shooed through to the final so I thought mm. the outcome of this episode was also surprising, but we'll get there. Finally, either <laughs> your former lover or someone you don't talk to anymore, John Bruce Blonde gave us Rain Spencer with the big bird jacket and the big weave with the high grey roots um, with, into reveal into a, a sort of a hairy bikini, bikini bra combo or bikini um, look. I thought Rain Spencer was an excellent reference to go for, you know, uh, who allegedly, according to some of the biographies, Diana pushed down the stairs once, which I think is a fun fact about Rain Spencer. Um, this is like, I think the best John Pierce has looked. I think, I think the, the wig was great. The character was there. Yeah. It was tick, 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 tick from me. I just find the, those pants offensive. Like that's ugly. Yeah. Do you want, I would have rather she kept the jacket on, to be honest. Keep jacket on because you were so fierce. I loved the story. It it was reminiscent. It was r- romantic. It was fashionable. It was Paris. It was smelly cigarettes. Mm. You know, it had attitude. It had story. It was probably the most successful looks actually on the stage that night. Yeah. In terms of how storytelling it was giving. But then this like Flintstones cat pant. It was very Flintstones, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, two steps forward, one step back. <laughs> you know? But they have a great style, eye for style, you know, and like their Instagram now is like how they did their lookbook for like even their interviews. You know, they really take it very seriously. They work in fashion, so which they'll tell you repeatedly if you oh, meet yeah. them. Oh, we've, oh, even on the show. Even on the show. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then they all untuck backstage. Um, there's actually quite a lot that goes on in Untucked in this episode. Pixie has her moment of finally feeling beautiful and then is like straight Ripped. away... Why are you ignoring me? What you know? I did good too. Why are people pra- Why are people praising Danny Beard over me? It was now obviously this is probably an hour later, but the way it's edited, really quick pivot on that emotional roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, babe. Like, let Danny Beard have a moment. Like, it doesn't have to be like. Don't pit yourself. Your story is clearly not the the hot click of the day, and that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's okay. You know, and also your story's a little sad, babes. So, like, you know, people aren't there to support you and, like, your minors. Like, they didn't do that imagine, unimaginably well. They did fine, you know. So, it's just funny. I mean, I really, it's very sweet and it is sad, but I was also a bit like, this is a camera edit. Like, you know, they've just, like, cut to that and she's, like, echoing into herself. Like, oh, God, I'm such a shithole. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, people produce the conversations. The drag queens produce the conversations backstage. And, like, Pixie had her moment and she was talking about how wonderful it was to get the praise and how important it was. And Cheddar does an actual segue, and I mean, Pixie, you were great in the challenge, but Danny Beard, you were amazing, like, moving the conversation on to praise somebody else for a bit, and then there was this the clutching of pearls. I was like, oh, get over yourself. There aren't all these queens credited as producers, but they're just producing, they're basically <laughs> producing this themselves, you yeah. know? They yeah. know themselves how they're coming across, you know? But at least this group are not, like, too, they're, they're still British, they still are like able to forget the cameras there compared to the mm. Americans that are like the cameras there and they're so aware, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Then a baby, I think this could be an interesting trajectory. So, you know, she kind of gets called out on the stage and asked, you know, what did you come here for? Which I don't know. Weird question. Like you came to win. You came to get your booking fee up. You came for more people to see your drag. So she goes, yeah, I came to like learn. This isn't a school. Yeah. <laughs> and also their response to that was very interesting because i think they were being too polite and or whatever or saying what they thought they should say but you should Mm. say you want to win because that why are you here babes yeah 
But that's not like very British, but it is very American, which I think is something that they come up with again. That's true, yeah. It's interesting. I I felt the same way, though. There was this feeling of, like, everyone learning in the group, and I feel like it's also a, it's also a damning thing for Rue to say because it's a bit like, oh, we've picked a bunch of people here who are kind of learning on the job, and they're not, like, the high-octane people that we... Maybe, maybe not, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Like... I th- yeah, we'll get we'll get we'll get to this was the the final results. Uh, so, Danny Cheddar and Pixie are all high. Danny or Danny goes on to win, which I think was the right outcome. I thought they were the best in the challenge. Um, so most happy to see them win. I would have happy taken a team win as well. I'd, if you, if you don't know, there was six people in one episode won badges because it was a girl group challenge. So there are badges aplenty this season. They're just handing them out. Um, so this is only the second episode where one person only has won a badge. Um, so yeah, I thought it was the right winner. You're of the same opinion, the right winner, Danny? Of the challenge? Yeah. Oh yeah, clearly. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so then yeah. it was, it was Baby and Sminty and LaFail in the bottom three. So mm-hmm. Sminty was clearly the worst because she like didn't even answer the question. Then, because of how much Drag Race I've watched them, because we've all seen, we know exactly, you know, how they set you up for an elimination. Once we saw a good bit of LaFille in that, talking about her hair, I was like, bye-bye, LaFille, you're going home. Because that's how it works. So, I was expecting it to be a LaFille and Sminty lip sync. So, I was actually shocked, and it's very rare that Drag Race actually shocks me anymore, that LaFille was safe. I, I genuinely thought Baby did a better job than her. I think the look is what didn't save Baby. Baby's look was poor, and that's what did it. I don't know. I think it's clever when they when they hammer a format to death and they decide then they use that format against you to create a surprise, and that is good production. So yeah, that's off to them for that. Um, and it means we got a really good lip sync, I thought. Baby and Sminty, you know, gave us a lot, uh, left a lot on that stage to Mal and Kim's respectable. I wonder what you, I normally think taking off clothes to show quote boy body underneath is is a no-no. And I'm kind of surprised how baby survived getting away in basically just a thong, a wig and a pair of heels. I I disagree. I'm I, I think they also look so beautiful. It was like this gorgeous black body on stage and it was like a celebration of that. So I, I kind of loved that ending and their arse wiggling and like it felt joyous to me, so I, mm. I really enjoyed that. And I, I also thought it was a curveball for them to just say say bye bye, Sminty, you know, because this was the person I thought was kind of like a shoe in that looked amazing and was going to have this like three episode arc about learning how to be funny on improv, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, which usually was what happens. Um, so I thought it was a bit shocking the the result. I was a bit like, oh, but also the camera was just on Baby the whole time. It was. I think Baby. Did a get did a better performance, better mm. dancing, better stage presence, and at least she didn't take off her heels or her wig. I just hate. Do you know in the past you see some messy lip syncs where they just they start throwing the clothes. Think of Milan, you know, taking mm. off the wig. I just think, you know, you need to create keep the illusion up for a certain amount. And I think once you took mm. the bodice off, even though it was showing all of her body anyway, for me mm-hmm. it kind of ruined the illusion. And I think that's that's totally. a no go. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy she's staying because I think she has more to show than Sminty did at this point. Um, mm. So I am surprised it wasn't a double chante as well. Because uh, there's been, yeah, there's been lower, there's been lower sa- stakes, <laughs> double, double saves. <laughs> and yeah, so anyway, Sminty goes. Uh, I think, you know, they are still relatively young. I think they have a prosperous track career from the show. Um, so I don't think they'll be too harmed by that. And I think the fact that they called back to their slow twerk from the improv meant yeah. they were good at improv the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And like, it, they clicked. Stuff that happens, like, I was trying to, like, when I was making the Oliver Cromwell was really very sorry musical, like, I was, my director was like, they were concerned I couldn't act. <laughs> I couldn't do it. And then suddenly when we got into the space and I had a microphone, I was grand. So, okay. like, it's, it's, Sometimes it's like the setting isn't right for them yet and they haven't broken that down yet and they haven't gotten, it's not in them yet. And people can learn those things, you know, so she mm. probably will have, she probably will be on Drag Race All-Stars in four years time. Oh yeah. So based on your one episode of viewing, who's going to win? Me. 
I'm in episode seven. I get brought in as a surprise. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you could have shined um, in, in a box. I feel like it's going to be Danny Beard in the top and potentially John Burrs, I think, okay. could be in the top. I'm, I'm really not sure who's going to win because it's really unclear right now. I feel everyone's very level. So, I'm, yeah, wait and see. There'll be someone who'll transform. There's definitely a Bimini in here somewhere. I think you know, Black Pepper is the, is the Bimini. Right, okay. Yeah. Like, I think we'll see. I think Black, out of like all of the queens, the one that most likely end up on Vogue is Black Pepper. Surely, surely. So funny, you know, I booked Bimini like in 2017 for one of their first gigs, and it was such a hot mess. <laughs> and it's just so nice to see people do well. Yeah. To, you know, and like to progress and remain really nice. Like, they, they've always been so sweet. Like, I remember one year I was coming out of like a fringe show that went really not well, and I was not very in a good space, actually, mentally. And they were doing a shoot upstairs. I was DJing, loose term. And um, they just came up to me and they asking me how I was. And not just asking me how I was, but like actually asking me. Mm. Like sitting there listening and then running off again. And I will always remember that as like a really kind moment. Because in drag spaces, very competitive and people can be absolute bastards. You know, yeah. really, really mean. So it was a really nice, I really remember that. And then when they were on the show, I was like, oh, this is just like a dream come true for everybody who wants people who are really, really nice to, to do well. Yeah, absolutely. In my head, though, I'm picturing you behind the DJ deck, you know, getting into a big DMC. And she's like leaning on the stool doing her high, you know, split thing in the air, <laughs> nodding away furiously. <laughs> it was basically that. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Uh, except that thank you for joining me for this episode of Drag Race UK season 4 do you want to let people know what you have coming up where they can find you oh just find me on Instagram Anthony with an X X-N-T-H-O-N-Y I have a show in London on October 29th really in the queers it's like a Halloween black cool. plastic bag pretty. nice um, and I'm really now I'm just taking a break and I'm working on a new thing and I'm gonna remain omnipresent so uh, thank you for having me I actually realised we didn't mention Alison Hammond in that episode once, which is an absolute crying shame. Take our gay cards away from us right now. What a legend. I've been waiting for this for ages. I don't think she disappointed. I loved how everything was punctuated with babes, which is just so Alison Hammond. I think there was, was it, was it Baby or uh, LaPhil who the judges kind of read and she was like, I thought you looked great. Like just such a joyous energy is Alison Hammond so I was so happy she was on the show next week we have Giovanni Pernice from Strictly who's going to be doing some sort of choreo with the queens which I think is going to be really interesting uh, to see him on the show who's kind of like you know kind of become a bit of a gay icon because he's dated Maura Higgins and danced with Michelle Visage I mean that's all you really need to do to win over the gays these days right so that's going to be interesting so join us back next Friday for Drag Race UK season 4 episode 5 until then have a lovely week and I'll see you love you bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.